0: talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll and it's Friday. You know what that means. Duff McKagan's joke of the week. Hey Chris, Jericho. It's uh, Duff McKagan calling you from
1: New York City. I'm on a tour, um, tour right now and I, uh, I'm writing some things uh, by hand right now on my desk here in my hotel room uh, and I, it's my autobiography and I, I, and I accidentally, accidentally include myself
2: to my autobiography and nobody believes me. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Thank you very
0: much. I saw that one coming from a mile away. I love it. Another great, great entry into Duff McKagan's pantheon of amazing jokes right here on Talk Is Jericho. And it's Friday. Very, very excited. I love when Duff uh, laughs at his own jokes as well. Uh, Usually that makes me laugh too, even if the joke isn't that funny, which listen, when Duff is calling in, they're all funny to us because we love Duff. And we thank him for always sending in a a joke. Hasn't missed one Friday since we started doing this almost two years ago. That's true dedication. That is a true Talk is Jericho uh, supporter. And thanks to all of you for continuing to support this show after over 500 episodes. 569 episodes. How crazy is that? Well, we got a good one for you today. Uh, Well, it's the worst podcast they've ever been on. Frankie Cazzari and Christopher Daniels, Scorpio Sky, better known as SoCal Uncensored, better known as SCU. They're in the house and you know what they're going to say. This is the worst podcast they have ever been on, which I love. <laughs> they're also going to tell you how they came together as a three-man tag who gave them their name and all about their journey to AEW. Got great stories about Ring of Honor, their friendship with Matt and Nick Jackson of the Young Bucks. Some of their favorite matches. And then there's the challenge they issued to the Bucks of Jericho. Or is it Y2 Jackson for my cruise? And we're going to get to that. But let's get to it now. Here we go. SCU killing it on Talk is Jericho. And this is the worst podcast they've ever been on.
2: I was actually almost going to wear my Motorhead shirt today. But I was like, I know Frankie might. Because we know we always We always, wear, we always ask it. free girl I know. shirt. We always almost do it. We though. do. Or we usually will do it. Guess we're uh, the, the same both. shirts? They're different shirts, but they're both Motherhead shirts. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, it looks like you
0: planned it. Both size medium. You know, it's funny. I had Lemmy on, on this show, and I was warned, like, ah, oh, Lemmy's not a good interview, you know, it's going to be hard. And we had the most fun. It was like just drinking vodka and smoking cigarettes. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, I haven't smoked a cigarette since I was like 18 years old. Right. But when Lemmy goes, you want a cigarette? And you're in his apartment. And you're drinking vodka, <laughs> you smoke cigarettes. Absolutely. You take up smoking for the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's that's but, still uh, crazy. You know, it's funny that you guys are talking that. about having having such good chemistry uh with your clothes that you wear the same clothes. Um, but definitely the chemistry as a team, because out of nowhere, obviously, uh, we're here with Frankie Frank and Chris Daniels and Scorpio Sky. But I've known you guys for years as a team, and then suddenly you get this third guy and not familiar with old Scorpio Sky, but now you've become, like, you kind of, once again, reinvented as, as SCU. Give us a little, uh, how did this all come about, Chris? Well, uh, we were both, Frankie and I were
1: both at Ring of Honor uh, since 2014. We were in the depths of the, uh, the addiction.
3: The both, team, the yeah, team, they, the team it, name. The team name, right. team name. It's, right. it's, it's, it's different from being altered. Other stuff, yes. It is different from being <laughs> <Yeah>. altered. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're, the we're altered. <laughs> through that and um, we
1: had uh, a partner by the name of Kamatachi, who ended up going back to New Japan. He was a Japanese guy, uh, Hiromu Takahashi. Oh, that's Hiromu. Yeah, gotcha. he was our third guy really? for a short period for of time. For the Ring yeah. of Honor? For a little yes, bit. yeah. Oh. We made him, like, not our young boy, but our, our our third member. Yeah. And we had him for about a year while he was on excursion with us. So, um, once he left, Frankie and I, you know, in a in an effort to continue to sort of stay relevant and do stuff in the Ring of Honor system, we were always looking for a third member. And while that was going on, Frankie was also working very hard to try and get Scorpio a sky, just a job at Ed Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. and the Bucks were the same way. They were always pushing for Sky, and when we would come to Vegas, hey man, is there a spot for Scorpio? Is there a spot for Scorpio? So finally, I went to Hunter, and we got Scorpio a spot. It's Hunter Johnson, Sing, yes. single
0: H, not single, single
2: H. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Why, why was it hard to get you a job, Scorpio? What? I I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, it was like. I've been in for just over 16 years now. And I, and what? I, yeah.
0: No kidding. Yeah.
2: yeah. 16-year yeah. like, overnight okay.
0: sensation. Oh, I, yeah. I
1: honestly think it was just a matter of the number of spots versus the number of people that are always trying to get spots. Mm-hmm. Like, Ring of Honor at this point was very popular and, and was seen as a destination for guys to break in and to get their first taste of any sort of national spotlight. So, of course, every time we go to a show, there's guys in the locker room in their biz cash and like, hey, if you need anything, let me know. So, you know, as as <laughs> the good brothers thing, do, b- biz, cash
0: the biz cash is yeah. the yeah. Uh, term for business casual. Yes. Which was the uh, short handed it. Yeah, it's the uh, the dress code that we must right. adhere to biz cash. So um, <laughs> as good brothers, we're always trying to
1: get people that we know are good and are friends of ours. We're trying to get them spots when we can. So it happened where Scorpio had a spot in Las Vegas. And um, was that the one where he wrestled Cody? Was that the one? Yes. Because it was soon after that. I I wrestled Kushida
2: and Cody. Right. He impressed.
1: Yeah, so he he wrestled Kushida and then he wrestled Cody in a spot. And then there was something along the lines where they needed someone to tag with Flip Gordon and it had just happened – the, the spot in Vegas had just happened, so I mentioned to Single H, Scorpio's available. Why don't we use him? And this was the weekend in San Antonio, San Antonio correct? Mm-hmm. So the next weekend in San Antonio, we did a four on five. It was myself, Frankie, Flip Gordon, and Scorpio against Cody, Kenny Omega, Bucks, and Stephen Amell.
2: So actually before that, I think is when uh we had that Philly match.
1: Was that before or after? I yeah. thought that
2: came after. No, the Philly match was my second shot with uh which was uh it was the bullet club, it was the Young Bucks, Marty and Page. Was it Page or Cody, I'm trying to remember. I think I think it was Paige uh, against uh Coast you to Coast. Flip. Flip and myself. That was my second
0: okay. So you're just getting booked when you can, kind of just a one-and-done shot?
2: Yeah.
1: The the thing in Vegas got him that thing in Philly because Mm -hmm. he'd impressed then, and he was, as a younger guy to the Ring of Honor audience, they had this four-on-four where it was like four young guys coming up, and Flip was like the leader of this young crew, and Scorpio was the second guy, and then Coast to Coast is another young team in Ring of Honor. So at the end of that match... Nick Jackson actually got on the microphone and said, this guy's been busting his ass for however many years. Ring of Honor, you should give him a job. <laughs> yeah. And I remember walking out into the parking lot, and this was at the 2300 Arena, the old ECW Arena. I remember walking up to Hunter in the back, and it occurred to me, I was like, well, wait a minute, why don't we make Scorpio the third guy? Because we'd always been looking for a third guy, we just didn't see anybody that fit. That fit right. And then I realized, well because Frankie had been pushing for him so hard and he had just been getting, you know, these great appearances in Ring of Honor, why not make him the third guy? And Mm. so that was sort of the beginnings of the idea where Scorpio would be the third man. So long
3: story short, the real brother answer is Ring of Honor had just recently introduced the six-man titles. (laughs) C.D. and I, (laughs) looking to get our hands on those, enlisted the talents of a uh, young, up-and-coming, hot babyface, and asked Scorpio Sky to uh, join the fold and... In the, in the midst of that, all that happened, and
0: SCU was born. It's interesting, because when I was, for the first cruise, I would get these texts all the time from Cody and Kenny about, you can't book this guy, and don't book that guy, and book this guy. And I'm like, listen, motherfucker, this is my cruise. Stop <laughs> texting me at 3 in the morning when someone makes you mad and text me this stuff. But the one was like, Cody's like, hey, is Scorpio Sky booked? You got to get Scorpio booked. I'm like, at this point, I'm like, dude, I don't know who's booked, who's not booked. It's all up to single H. So I text... Hunter, and I said, hey, man, can you get Scorpio Sky in out of all the people that you're booked booking? And that's the last I heard of it until the actual cruise happened, and here you were. So it's one of those things where you hear this name over and over again. It's like, this guy better be good, because I'm getting a little bit sick of hearing this <laughs> Scorpio Sky bullshit. <laughs> but that's
2: good, though. It, work, it worked out for you, so you finally had your big break. Yeah, it was really my first big break because I had I couldn't get a real shot with WWE. I, I never got any serious, like, dark matches or anything, and I, I got some of those pre-show matches, and particularly, I remember one, it was, like, the Young Bucks against Joey Ryan and myself. That was, like, the one of the real... That's a WWE like, match? It was a pre-show match, you really? know, where it's like the empty arena, oh, and, dark match, yeah, yeah, and uh, or
0: you talk about the pre-match just with the brothers, yeah, like with just like the, the brothers, ring, the the brothers are watching, strong watching, yeah, yes, yes. So oh wow! So
2: I got to do a couple of those, but I never got an actual dark match or squash match or anything like that. And uh, so we got to do that, and I remember everyone gave us an ovation for it, but none of us got any darks or anything or any. Sent uh, some
0: heat with somebody,
2: yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't get that, and I got a little bit of, I uh, got a couple shots with TNA. Where I, I thought I did well, and everyone told me I did well, and and I, I got high praise from Bischoff and and uh, even Hogan and Dixie, but then nothing happened after that. Mm-hmm.
3: You did do and well; I can vouch. We were there when that happened. Thank but you. Thank management, you.
2: being what it was, mm. it was tough. Like I had a whole bunch of like close calls, and then nothing, nothing. It never developed into anything. And I actually almost got to the point where I was going to quit because. I went through a couple of really tough years. It felt like I had uh, exhausted all of my opportunities. I had some tough personal things going. Like 2014, both my mother and my father both died from cancer. Mm. And it was just one of those things where I was just like, gosh, man, what next? And uh, I had a job. I had a day job and I enjoyed it. So I said, maybe I'll just wrestle for another year. And then what was your day job. <sighs> it was actually kind of crappy. I worked in an office uh, selling just equipment definitely nothing, yeah, just nothing you see any me of, Hey,
0: you want to buy some equipment? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of equipment? I don't want to no, go into specifics because then general, people will know general. what I'm talking about.
2: <laughs> I can't tell you everything. No, and so, yeah, I was just going to do that, and then I went to work one day and, and basically got laid off. Mm. And it was like, well, okay, now let's let's take one last shot at wrestling and see if it works. And and I always say it felt like uh, it was bases loaded, uh, two, two outs, two strikes. And so I, I swung and... And made contact, and here we are.
0: Isn't that interesting? It's disheartening, like for us, like we've been working, Chris and Frank and I, for so many years. You forget that time when you just, I just got to get booked. I just got to get booked. It's a, it's a, it's a crappy feeling, especially like you said, once WWE says no, it doesn't return. Impact says no, it doesn't return. Kind of running out of options.
2: Yeah, I mean, especially then there weren't very many mm-hmm. options. You know, uh, obviously now, a lot of doors are opening up for people. But you know, when I got into wrestling. You know, Obviously, you, you know differently because you were there, but what we heard from WWE is that if you weren't 6'2", 260 right. pounds, they wouldn't even look at you. And then there was also a time where they were like, oh, we don't want indie guys. We don't <laughs> want indie guys. <laughs>
0: what does that even mean? You, right? That was exactly. literally what they'd say. Where are you going to yeah. get
2: guys from? Yeah, right? they'd exactly. Book, they'd book indie guys as uh, extra talent, and then we'd come in and they'd tell us, oh, we don't want you guys. Right. We want uh, college athletes. I, what I was talking to, I believe it was, um, uh, who was I just talking to, Mustafa
0: Ali or somebody along those lines that had a tryout. And when they got to the tryout, they uh, uh, oversaw the list of people that were there. I oh, know it was, it was Jeff Cobb. Oh, he had a tryout. Uh, yeah. okay. And he happened to oversee the list of paper and it said athletes and all like the football players and whatever. And then indie guys. Right. And that's where Jeff Cobb was, and he's like, I wasn't the Olympics for right. Right, right, right. I think, I think I'm an athlete too. Right. getting any more legitimate than that? But that, like, to, to be, it was almost a detriment. Same with, the, same with the girls too. For the longest time, if you actually had trained and had the audacity to be a wrestler, well, we don't want you here in the biggest wrestling company in the world because you're too indie. Right. Like you said, whatever the hell that even means. All like of us leprosy. came from the indies, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Pretty right, much. Right. I mean, yeah. I did. I, all, all of us did. But at the time, that was, like you said, like a dirty word. Yeah. When yeah. guys were asked for advice back in that time, it's like, well, go find something you're
3: good at sport-wise and succeed at that, and then maybe you'll be on their radar. Absolutely. Because being yeah. an indie guy doesn't work, I guess, when, which is the was, case.
1: When <laughs> we were still doing the UPW thing, Bruce Pritchard came, and he literally said to me, I said, Bruce, what do I need to do? And this was 1999, 99, 99, 99. and he literally said, well, you're not 6'2", 240, legitimately cool." Yeah. And I was like, well— there we go, you know. Yeah. What do you say to that?
0: So But that was it, but that was that was an actual statement, yeah, company verdict, edict. Mm-hmm. You must be six foot two, two hundred and forty pounds to even be considered. I was constantly told when I would go do dark matches and stuff in the late nineties, early two thousands,
3: just doing great, just you know, get a little more size on you and uh <laughs> you know
0: one of them torture racks where they just stretch you out? Yeah, yeah no I yeah. like. <laughs> but look look legitimately in the last Like let's say since 1999 when I started WWE, how many legit six foot two, 240 pound guys have they had? I mean, I don't think Cena's six foot two. He might be six foot two, but other than that, I mean, who? Right.
1: Right. Right. And the funny thing too, there were so many times, especially when the developmental territories like Memphis, not not counting NXT, like before that, there were so many guys that they took chances on that washed out pretty quickly. And I I personally, I was like, well, how how come? that chance was never taken on me. And I'm sure you felt the same way. Mm-hmm. You felt the same UPW, way. UPW, the
3: same thing. Yeah, there, there was the every thing. guy that was signed there. Cena was the only one that lasted. There was, they had probably 10 guys from out here in so calendar contract. And, and
0: there's, there's, so there's that yeah, Rick Bassman's Bassman's thing. thing UPW, yeah,
3: right? yeah, yeah,
1: so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it just seemed weird because it's in such a subjective uh, business. Like, it's not how good you are. It's not how talented you are. It literally sometimes is who you know, as, as mm-hmm. all of us know. Mm-hmm. And so, like, as good as he was back in TNA, we were both there and we watched it. It's like, well, why aren't we giving him a shot? And it was just, well, right. spots on the roster, time on the day, time on the show. But I see, I remember, so.
0: Conan told me this years ago, like in 91 or whatever, I called him or got in contact with him before it was even anything. And I was like, hey, are you are you hiring? And he's like, we're always hiring when we see somebody we want. It's not like there's an open season. Of like It's hiring time, like, right, when you see not. somebody that interest you, you hire them. That's it, right? That's it, right? Yeah. right. You know, it's yeah. funny. It just as a quick segue, it was like the, the worst thing you could have been if you wanted to get in the WWE was a wrestler, and it's like now, like the worst thing if you want to open for Metallica or Kiss and you're in a band, forget it. You got to be a painter because there's an artist opening for them. Comedian. Right? Or, or a comedian, yeah. like Jim Brew Metallica, I'm like, dude, we, we're doing this the wrong way. Right. If you want to be a wrestler, don't wrestle. If you want to be in a rock and roll band, don't play, don't play in, a, in a rock and roll <laughs> yeah, band. If, right? If you want to open for one of the biggest acts, yeah. don't play music. Don't play fight, music. Yeah. We, duh. Uh, where did you guys get the name uh, uh, SoCal Uncensored? Well, that's Please, a funny yeah. story. Yeah. Uh, we, we, uh, we
3: had the unit... Going forward was going to be us, and we were thinking about names. And we were we were villains, heels at this time, and
0: just they, that heel spelled that's, that's <laughs>
3: H-E-E-L for anyone that needs um, edification on that. We're not going to get into details.
0: We got this ridiculous group text with fifty <laughs> brothers on it, and like you said, by the time we check our phone after this one hour conversation, there'll be like two hundred. Uh, text from these guys and there's shout a, out to all a those problem guys. With the guys. The spelling the world word heel You're right <laughs> not from anybody in the group, but no, from no outside sources. Uh,
3: so yeah, so we were uh, we were bouncing names back and forth, and obviously we're all from SoCal, got our start in SoCal, Southern California. And there's a uh, there's a website out here based, and it's called SoCal Uncensored, and it just covers the Southern California wrestling scene, and it's been around for 20 years. Yeah, good to get it's been around a Easily. long time, yeah. and you know we, it's it's a cool cool site, and we all kind of, uh, CD Scorp, the Bucks, and myself, joke about it. We always joke about you know because we it's kind of an inside thing. Oh, SoCal Censored, You know, not right. a lot of people know about it. And uh, one day we were, I remember we were in one of those towns in Florida, and we were sitting in the in the parking lot of the. Uh, the one, whatever brutal hotel we were at, right, waiting for someone, and, and Nick Jackson just goes, "You guys should call yourself SoCal Uncensored," and we all kind of laughed and we're like, oh, it's kind of cool." And I don't know who, one of us hated it. At I, first. Didn't,
1: I, hated I didn't. CD hated it. I didn't hate it. I only really hated it because it was the website, to right? Me. Like to me, I was like, "Oh well, we should do something similar or or newer," but. We can't call ourselves SoCal Insurgent because of the website. Right. That was my thought. Right. I didn't hate it. Right. But Nick, in Nick's eyes, I hated it. <laughs> Nick, <immediately laughs> Nick Jackson off. tells he the story. It. He hated it. It wasn't was trademarked assistant. at
3: all. No, the, for yeah. for the purposes of a website, I believe so. But like as a like a wrestling group, mm-hmm. it wasn't. So right. it was like, and we actually uh, before we decided that was going to be it, we contacted or got in contact with the guy that runs the website, who's actually a pal of ours. Yeah, so we right. know him. Yeah, and uh, said, hey, we're going to do this, and he's like go for it, and he he knew Sky, and he was a fan of Sky's work, and he said, if it's going to help Sky, and you guys going forward, have at it. Mm -hmm. And we're like, dude, it just fits. It fits because, you know, and it just kind of went into that whole, you know, well, let's reinvent, let's reinvent ourselves, you know, let's kind of, you know, we're all from SoCal, so that's an angle going forward. We're SoCal Uncensored.
0: But it's it's, it's smart to do that, because once again, one of the, the secrets to having longevity, as I can attest to, is reinventing, Yourself and evolving, and once again, here you guys are, especially Chris and Frankie, with this whole new gimmick, completely different from what you had a year ago or however long. Such a great, uh, great move for you guys to do that. Yeah, it definitely
1: worked out, and I think part of the the reason for the success too was being a part of being the elite with the Bucks, like that. Hundred percent. That uh, that gave us character development that we weren't getting in Ring of Honor just because the Ring of Honor television style. There's not a lot of backstage. There's not a lot of time that's not spent in the middle of the ring. Mm -hmm. And so we were showing our personalities on that show as SoCal Uncensored at the same time as getting in sync in terms of the ring work when we were in the ring in Ring of Honor. So, I mean, all that sort of happened at the same time. And I think that opened a lot of eyes as to the type of complete performers we could be as far as in-ring plus character plus, you know, a mm-hmm. little bit of comedy, a little bit of serious,
3: all of the... Uh, yeah, and we, and we needed that because when Chris and I hit our stride as a tag team in TNA, it certainly was because of our our personalities. Like, we were finally allowed to talk, allowed to be ourselves and come up with stuff creatively, and that's when we as Bad Influence really hit our stride. And we needed that, and we just weren't getting it, unfortunately, at the time in Ring of Honor. Because like he said, the television structure just wasn't that. But we were doing it on Being the Elite, and a lot of people watched that show because it immediately, when we started doing the SCU bits within a couple weeks, we could hear the crowd reactions just flip. It was Mm. was nuts.
0: (laughs) How influential and important is Being the Elite
2: as far as... What do you think, Sky? Huge. Mm. Huge. Um, First. And it starts out as one of those things that's just very organic. Like, he talked about how we got the name SoCal Uncensored, which was basically Nick's idea of, like, go with this, go with this. And and I, and I was there for all the conversations because we would ride together of trying to talk him out of it. And, nope, nope, you need to be So SoCal Uncensored. You need to be So SoCal Uncensored. <laughs> and then even moving on to, like, us, you know, talking trash about towns and Matt saying, uh, I want to put you guys on Being the Elite, and I just want you to do what you do. Mm-hmm. Turn the camera on. Okay, then now we're now we're burying the towns and and uh you know, this is the worst town I've ever been in. <laughs> And I, I, when we first started doing that, I said, I'm just going to say the exact same thing every time. And right. then you guys get creative and, and be specific about it. <laughs> and it, it didn't take long for the fans to catch on. Even the whole SCU, it was one of those things we would just all do ourselves backstage. And then next thing you know, like Jay Lethal's doing it. And or, you know, Jeff Cobb or whoever backstage is also doing it. So we started doing that on the show as well. And now that is like, our calling card right. everywhere we go. The fans, to the new you. woo. That's hey. what we like to say, man. Yeah. yeah.
0: The, the you said, when, when you get stuff over with the boys in the locker room, you know it's going to be easy to with the fans. Yeah. 100%. I had the whole WWE locker room doing the Paul Stanley. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <"I-A."> yeah. <You know? laughs> ah you know? yeah. And how many variations of that can you do? I can't put that on a T-shirt, of course, but right. you can with S to you. Yep. Right. So and, and like, and you mentioned this is the worst town I've ever been in. Like, as it's just like a stupid idiot. Starts out getting heat, and then it doesn't take long before it's the biggest baby face phrase that you got.
3: It's really 100%. cool. The fact that w- we love the fact that we can go to any town we're in and Scorp can hit that line in Sheboygan and the place will pop. <laughs> it's like, it's like all like hometown pride goes out the window for for our segment. Like, we want to be the worst. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. We
1: literally did one loop in Ring of Honor where we would cut heel promos and, and and Scorp did the worst town. I hit a couple lines and Frankie ended with some sort of big thumbs down, and this was in Texas, you remember? And by the time we did the next loop, they started finishing the line before Scorp could do it, almost, you know, road dog style. Mm, like, he yeah. would start it, and then they would finish it, and I went, we can't, we're not going to be heels anymore, boys. Yeah. This <laughs> yeah, is, We got uh, something here. Yeah.
2: I think my favorite was in Chicago before All-In. The, press, or the, the uh, press conference. The press in The way in yeah, yeah, because was, we did a, a thing where we came out and we had this written statement. And we kept passing it back and forth because none of us wanted to say it. And then finally I said, you know, I opened the statement. I say, uh, on behalf of SoCal Censored, I just want to say that we are very happy to be in Chicago. And then <laughs> just shit all over <laughs> us. Oh, yeah. the crowd went so I crumple it up, throw it, say, what I really mean is this. Is, and go into the line and then big reaction. It was just one of those things where it's just you have some fun with it. It's, and It's not rocket science, right? I no. mean,
0: Jimmy Hart told me years ago, it's such great advice this day. He said, darling, uh, you can't make people make signs and you can't make people chant if they right. don't want to chant it. And when you got someone holding up a sign that says, the worst time ever, or they're finishing your sentence, you did it. Yeah. That's the secret okay. of wrestling right there. Right. Connecting with the audience in that way, which sometimes actually... All the time is more important than the nicest moonsault you could do or the greatest, you know, space tiger flying drop, or whatever. Yeah, like, right, right. Right. That, that line space made tiger. me a
2: better wrestler, actually, because hey, it's kind of a joke, you know, but like the PWI 500 <laughs> 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 years prior, I was like 499 and a half, you know, and stuff like that. And then this line comes out, and all of a sudden I'm like 260 or so. I'm like, <laughs> wow, like I became a better wrestler because of that line. You well, <laughs> know, <well>, oddly
3: <laughs> enough, I'm always like, Three wrestlers behind this, <laughs> behind Chris Daniels for the
0: last like six it's years. The BWI oh,
1: yeah. curse. If, if let's let's flip group, that around at least. Team, come on. The
3: tag team Good lord. has to be within like five or
1: seven i always
0: wondered each other. how in the hell do they come up with 500 wrestlers? I think like, the
3: first 200, maybe they put some time in, and uh, from then on, it's just throwing And then throwing yeah, bars.
0: Alfredo the Danger Boy. yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I remember there was a couple cats that used to hang out in Providence, Rhode Island. Ask Malenko about this. We used to see him. One of them, one of them was called Alfredo the Danger Boy. <laughs> and he looked exactly what you would expect. Alfredo the Danger Boy looked like sure. he was the least dangerous guy. But he actually had one of those old school, like uh, high school letterman jackets that he had made with his name, Alfredo Danger Boy. And it's like number 468 and P-O-B-I. Nice. Top oh. of, and he had them down his arm. Number 467. Number four because he kept moving up. Probably. was probably <laughs> one that he was down, yeah, but he was like, yeah, yeah. and I, was like, I guess, for some people, for the legitimacy of being a wrestler, I guess there you go,
3: right? There's I bought into it when I was a kid, and the first one came out. I remember the first one, and Hulk Hogan was number one.
0: Yeah,
2: and
3: this was probably early '90s,
0: late '80s, something like that. Yeah, but
3: I mean, I I, would, I didn't know any better. I took it. I was like, You're damn right, Hulk Hogan's the best <laughs> wrestler in the world. Like, but didn't you yeah.
0: guys used to do that, like when when the when the ratings came out back in the day? But even when I first started wrestling. They still had Pro Wrestling Illustrated. We would go and see, like, where am I at? And if you were, like, number six in WCW, you'd be like, that's, that's bullshit. How <laughs> is, you know, how is is Lash LaRue number four right, and right. not number five?
3: I bought into everything in those magazines until one time I was reading, this is when I was training at Kowalski's, and I was reading one, and they had, like, this section. It was The Wrestler or Inside Wrestling, one of those two magazines. And they had a section where they would talk about an up-and-coming star, and they would ask, like, six legends their opinion. And Kowalski was always featured in that. And so I remember I went into wrestling training and um, i you know, and I was like, hey Walter, oh, I I read uh I read what uh, you said about uh Ken Shamrock, whoever it was at the time, you know, and I, I and I'm like, Do you really think that he's you know his ground game was gonna help him? But he and he just kinda looked at me and he goes, That's bullshit. He goes, I let them use <laughs> my name, but I never say any of that. So I think he just did it for like a payday and they just used his name and put his picture up there. But now was just like and I was just getting into the business and I was just like oh, you mm. mean it's not real? It's right. not you? And then I'm yeah, like, yeah. what else? What other lies have you told <laughs> yeah. in wrestling? Yeah. When like, I, oh. I
0: got sued by Larry Zabisco, uh, literally sued for using the living legend. and uh, In about 2002, I had to go to a deposition, literally a deposition of my day have the bunch of lawyers, and the some of the uh, evidence that was submitted was Larry submitted Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazines that said he was the living legend. Right. And I'm like, this is, uh, this is the actual pro wrestling. I'm like, this is all... Not
3: real, right? right. This is just some (laughs) guy writing it all. That has to be the only time in recorded history (laughs) that an (laughs) aftermag was used as evidence. That's great,
0: that's so good. But you know, I remember we were in Philadelphia one time, and uh, after was there, and Flair and Brett were there. And they were all sat down and eating and got a little bit uncomfortable because Flair was like, yeah, I remember that, remember that time when you uh, put Brett higher than me in 92? And Brett's like, yeah, well, that was bullshit when you were there in 91. And there was a little bit like after was kind of in the middle as they were kind of angry at <laughs> <and> after <laughs> for rating one above the other. Right, right. <laughs> You know, boys bought into it, right? Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's ask about this um about how you guys are one of the first signees for for All Elite Wrestling. It was announced that the Bucks had signed and Cody had signed, and then right after that was that SCU had signed. And is this just, well, obviously, just another one of these amazing moments of happenstance where all your guys' contract just happened to be up at the same time as everybody else's?
1: Yeah, actually, um, when when I signed my contract, uh, when we went to Ring of Honor in 2014, Frankie and I were the tag team at the time. And so, um, when this is from con- Impact
0: to Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah.
1: So, um, when con- when the idea of a contract was discussed, they came to us at the same time. And um, I remember I had signed a one year deal, and then I signed a two year deal, and that two year deal ended uh, this December. And so, um, for us, obviously, that was that was good happenstance. And then, while when Scorpio came in, there were talks about putting him under a contract, but they never really went past a certain point they were just like oh well we're still using him and and um it it just just because the uh the infrastructure of ring of honor is so there's so many jobs but there's so few actual people in the office right um so like sometimes i feel like that stuff sort of went under you sort of got through the cracks and um in that in that respect it ended up benefiting scorpio because if they had you know, a year prior, if they had offered him right. a contract, he might've signed it and he might not have been available. But as pro wrestling uh, offices go, you know, there was just so many, so many jobs to do and not enough people that were covering all that stuff. I feel like that part sort mm. of just, uh you know, it felt, we free. had actually
2: started talking right. about a, a contract. Uh We just never got to the point of putting ink to paper. Right. And so, um, you know, thank goodness it didn't, because I actually would have been tied up right now, and I wouldn't be able to be here doing this. Mm.
0: When did you guys start hearing about All Elite Wrestling, and, and, and as far as thinking about actually coming here?
1: Well, honestly, there were there were rumors all the way around, mm. and I think Matt and Nick in the in when we were riding in the car, I feel like they kept a lot of their stuff very vague because they knew our situations with contracts. And especially me as someone who was sort of involved with the office, now, like legally speaking. No, then, with, with Ring of Honor. You. I okay. was I was not just a wrestler. I was sort of helping creatively and, and not you an official backstage. office gotcha. job, but I was sort of a backstage guy. Stooge. So I feel like they knew <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they knew that they probably couldn't divulge. Well sure, a lot you of can't, right, right, right. Do you know what I mean? So so they kept a lot of their stuff vague. And um but you know, you you, you heard the the rumors, and especially um, there was the big, uh, the reveal, like the website had been... Trademarked. Trademarked, yeah. and so all of a sudden, uh, oh, Chris Jericho, oh, the Young Bucks and Cody, oh, JR, you know, all mm-hmm. these names and all these things, the possibilities of what it was, and we all just were like, hmm, okay, let's see how this all plays out and what's going to happen.
3: Yeah, I mean, but, you know, being is that when we would travel to Ring of Honor, the, tra- the car would be the three of us and the Bucks, so... You know, guys are close. Yeah, we're very close. And uh, we all think very similar in terms of pro wrestling. And when all these rumors came about, it was one of those things where like, if this happens, this is something we definitely would be interested in being a part
0: of. What attracts you to the concept of of like, is this a brave new world? Like I was even thinking today when you talk about the last time this happened was in 96 when there was the Monday Night Wars, but that's not even the case because WCW was an established company for years, if you go NWA, you're talking 20, 30, 40 years. This is the first time that an upstart company has begun and right out of the gate is an alternative for what WWE is doing. But it's a little scary, too. It's uncharted waters, right.
3: for sure. It's um, The reason I have belief in it is because I've watched the Young Bucks phenomenon grow. Like, I've known those guys since they first got into the business and um, have been really good friends with them for the last five to seven years and I've just, I've watched them blowing. I've, I've seen it happen before my eyes and I've never seen anything like it because they are groundbreakers. They're trendsetters. The way they broke every rule in the book and got themselves to where they are now mm-hmm. is had never been done before. Um, couple that with the fact that uh, Kenny Omega doing as well as he's doing and making that name for himself in Japan. And then tie that in with a uh, visionary, somebody like Tony Khan who has the passion uh, and the intelligence um, and the wherewithal to make a new alternative pro wrestling entity happen, and it's happening. Mm-hmm. and it's 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 still kind of surreal to me. it's It's awesome. Don't get me wrong, but it's still pretty surreal. And if you just look at the the company's a couple months old and the business their business has already changed in a lot of ways, it really. yeah, there's, you know, people are getting opportunities. people are making more money. Things are already happening that maybe aren't really at the forefront, but they're happening. And we're only a couple of months in. I want to see when we're a year in, two years mm. in, that's going to be really cool. I think mm. a lot of it also had to
1: do with the fact that we were we were at the ground level when All In was. Right. right, right. And right. so watching that turn from uh, Matt and Nick saying, maybe we're going to run this show and Ring of Honor might help us do this thing and, and we might try to sell, we might try to run a show in Chicago, blah, blah, blah. And then... Being, we were in Chicago the day they did the uh, the on sale, mm-hmm. the the not the pep rally, but like the press conference thing. Basically, and then a little yeah. later, by the time they went from the press conference to the building, which is probably a half hour drive, um, they had sold out the mm-hmm. building. And then you know everybody comes out of the car, and everybody's like, "Hey, did you hear? Did you hear? the The building sold out in however many minutes, less than four or whatever." Yeah. And the, everybody just sort of looked at each other like, "Whoa, that's mm-hmm. um
0: that's something. That's something." Well, and for guys like us, like I mean, how long have you been in the business? 25. And, so, uh, twenty five, and twenty. Yeah, so I'm yeah. twenty, almost thirty at this point. Right. We understand just how incredible this is. Not that everybody does it, but also we've flirted with WWE, been in WWE, been in WCW, been there. For you, Scorpio, you've never you've never been there, and now coming to 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 AEW. When you had more of a name and a ring of honor, was it was a is for a guy like you and and your generation of guys, is WWE still the end game or is that changing now?
2: That changed for me a long time ago mm-hmm. because when I went to WWE as an extra multiple times and never really got a real look or a real opportunity, and the same thing with uh, Impact. I got to a point where, again, I was looking at my friends, the Young Bucks, and seeing what they're doing and how they bucked the system. Mm. I just literally to myself, I said, "You know what? I'm, I'm going to do it without them. I'm going to make them want me by making myself a star elsewhere." And uh, when this opportunity um, came up, it was something that you know we all had offers on the table, but you can't pass up something like this. You all you can do is look at the fans and how excited they are. And um, there's a fire inside of all of them because the wrestling business needs this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why everyone across the board, wrestlers, fans, any observer, is, is super pumped and ready for All Elite Wrestling because it's something the wrestling business needs and it's needed for quite a while.
0: The, the shakeup of it, and I wanted to talk to you guys a little about, uh, <laughs> about the Jericho Cruise, which was so much fun. And, and, and during one of the nights... I think it was Halloween night. We had a Fozzie show. I was dressed as the Disco Inferno and everyone's on stage, and we just bring everyone stage, and there's people in costumes and jumping around. I look over, and there's you three guys dressed as uh, John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> and Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Pulp fiction. And I was like, well, which one's Samuel Jackson? Like, we, we, we both are. We're both. <laughs> two we, two Sam Jackson. So yep. that was so hilarious. And that to me was like, okay, these guys get it. Like it was so funny when you watch. That video, if you guys ever saw I posted on Instagram, just dancing, Scorpio's just feeling it, super into it. Uh, did you guys enjoy the cruise? Oh, man. Oh, oh, man.
3: It was, uh, I did not sleep a lot on that cruise. Whoa, yeah. brother. Yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, I knew it was going to be cool. I knew it was going to be a party because your name was attached to yeah. it. So I was like, this is going to be a party. Mm. Um, but I didn't, I didn't anticipate having that much fun. Mm-hmm. Like every night, every day was something just completely different. Um uh, one of the days, and this was a really poor idea. Scorpio Sky and I decided it was a good game, a good idea to play a full court game of basketball. <laughs> like uh, maybe what, a couple hours before our show? Yeah. <laughs> and it was literally me and Scorp and. Three other jidrools that were just kind of like on the on the on the cruise, yeah. Um, and, and we played against uh, Mick Foley's Son ended up being one of the uh, one of the one of the guys we played against, or was he on our team?
2: <laughs> After you just called him a Jadrul. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: no, Mick, no, Mick Foley's son wasn't a jadrul. I don't yes. remember, uh, <laughs> but what what team that was he exhausting. was on. I know he grabbed a lot
2: of rebounds. Yeah, yeah, so, that was exhausting. Um, I think Frank the Clown was on one of the team. Uh, was Maybe. on the opposite team? <laughs> We, one of, almost, one of the, we almost got Noel in the game. Yeah, one of the husbands
3: of the one of the gals from um, the ACDC tribute band was a shoot oh, the to shoot thrill. thrill yeah. yeah, he played with us, and it was very, it was really fun. But God, it was exhausting. Yeah. Uh but it that that was it was it was from seeing Brad Williams, which was right. awesome. Oh, he was great. The right. shows like I was everywhere. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the shows, and like you said, dressing up as as the Pulp Fiction, and just going on stage and hanging with you, and just. It was, it was a great time. How, how did you guys decide to both
0: be Sammy? Were you arguing over it? Or?
3: Well, Frankie <laughs> and I, we almost did
1: Pulp Fiction as something when we were doing Bad Influence at TNA. And instead, they thought it was a good idea to do the Hardy Boys, um, having the, the detective kids, even though if I asked you what they looked like, you wouldn't know. Well, Parker Stevenson and Sean Cassidy. Exactly, exactly. Cardigan sweat- like them. <laughs> cardigan so, sweaters. That had always been in our back pocket of doing... Um, you know, uh, Sam Jackson and John Travolta. And then um, we'd talked to Scorp, and I was like, well, I'm usually the Sam Jackson of the two because he looks like John Travolta, especially when he had the the long hair. Right. And I was like, well, we got to do double Sam Jackson. (laughs) That makes perfect sense. And then we came up with the bit that we actually did on BTE. Which was? Well, we came in, and and he started the line about, um, what do you call a. Uh, a quarter pounder in in France and we both pop in from the side and we're like a royal with cheese (laughs) and then we're like why do you get to be Sam Jackson and I I said you I should be Sam Jackson you should be uh, uh, Bruce Willis because you're the boxer you're the boxer of the two he says no you should be Bruce Willis and I go why and he goes hello (laughs) I,
0: I point
2: to my skin
0: Actually, you could have been Bruce Willis though. You got the like, same hair, kind of. I do, yeah. yeah. The, the same lack. That's an easy one lack. to just put a put a wife beater on and right. grab a, like, <laughs> a
2: boxing
1: robe, which the, these guys both have probably. <laughs> oh, we do now. But yeah. I'm married to the idea of staying in Sam Jackson. So every year when we do Pulp Fiction, it'll be double Sam Jacksons. Cause well, do you, do you have, never have to do have Pulp enough.
3: Fiction every year? Could you do other Sam Jackson movies? We can. We can. We also. Well, we got to think of. We, I'm, I'm hoping there's going to be theme nights on this. Oh, next one, because oh, yeah. I know it's not going to be Halloween, but still. Oh, the theme I, nights. We're, we're okay,
0: doing a dress up night for sure. There we go. Cool. So we have to have some uh, at- some some SCU uh, trio type
2: so of we, ideas. We had
1: always done buddy cop stuff because <laughs> we did like a, a tango and cash t shirt when we started. We did a men in black t shirt when we started. Now we got to figure yeah. out trio it's stuff.
2: Three now, baby.
1: Exactly. Well, so I, I had just,
2: so much fun on the cruise that like I didn't want it to end. the, the last night we were there. I was like partying with all these people. I don't know where you guys ended up, but I was still going hard. And like the casinos and the bars started closing down. So like I'm with this group and we're just going like deck to deck trying to find the next party and everything's closing until eventually like security comes. It's like, you guys got to call it a night. Like it's getting bad. It got bad. It got bad for a split (laughs) second. I had to kind of like, (laughs) <laughs> calm the situation down. And I, I read a tweet the next day. It said, Scorpio Sky is leading a mob from deck to deck. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm not going to be invited to the next cruise. If you, <laughs> right, right, right. Hey, please delete
0: that. You don't, you don't have to worry about it when the guy whose cruise is named after ended up throwing all of his furniture into the jacuzzi on the Haven. <laughs> and I walked <laughs> off the boat. And I was the only time I saw Raven and Sal and Q from Impractical Jokers. <laughs> right. And apparently had... Life conversations with them. Don't remember a word. I was like, so like you I haven't seen you the whole trip." How was the trip? Because dude, we talked to you for like twenty minutes on the last, you know, getting off the ship. I was right. like, "Ooh, okay." Um, <laughs> I mean, but I mean, <laughs> no. But I think that's that's. Uh, I think it's like you said. It, it, was, it, was, it was such a good time that now that people can visualize it. Even seeing, I don't know if you guys watched the the fight pay per view that we had. Just seeing the the way that it looks so cool on right, the right. ship. Like you're not yep. going to see that anywhere else, and yeah. it's something we're going to utilize. Uh, upcoming, but it's funny because the first cruise is with Ring of Honor, second cruise is with AEW, but most of the same guys will be on it. Right, but, right. but that's cool. I think I think people will be happy about that. Absolutely, I think the people that were on the
1: first cruise um, that are coming back, guys like the Bucks and Cody and us, people will be psyched for that. But then the idea of these new guys, the new faces of AEW that'll be coming along. I think that's also going to be mm-hmm. interesting for the wrestling fan base to be like, all right,
3: who's going to be the guys? Who's going to make the cut? Who's going to be part of AEW and be on the cruise with us? So so weird. I remember the first time we did your show, the first time we, CD and I did your podcast, you had just right afterwards, you had, yeah, you had told us right. that first idea. You said, hey, I have this idea and you bounced it off
0: of us. And was 2015. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, and we, we said, actually got Hunter Thompson's, a single H's number, Hunter yeah. Johnson, sorry. Yeah. Not, not Hunter. I actually got Hunter S. Thompson's number, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> me, but he was dead. Turn, See, right. so you had that. You he answer didn't the answer the phone. Yeah. I called Hunter Johnson, but I got the number from from you guys right. yeah. is what it was. Yeah, know? man. Speaking of at the end of the night getting a little bit rowdy, we got a little bit rowdy in Las Vegas at the. Uh, oh boy, there's <laughs> a little bit of an argument, a little skirmish, skirmish, <laughs> a little skirmish, a little, bit
3: of a, little skirmish. bit of a skirmish there. Yeah, there was a
0: skirmish there. Uh, that, that happens when the, where the brothers get fired up. It was a crowded bar, and someone was getting yelled at, and there was a little bit of a skirmish. Yeah, going Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh,
3: yeah, I don't, I don't
1: know who's it's...
0: getting yelled at. Who started yelling? I, I was I a...
1: tried. I tried to be peacemaker because Barry Bloom was with us for a hot second, and he started to look around as if. Like <laughs> he gets <there> scared <laughs> a little bit. He was like, You're scared. Um, "This is starting to escalate," and I was like, "Hold on, hold on, everybody!" So I tried to take one of the gentlemen that was giving everyone a hard time off to the side and <laughs> calm him down and talk us off the ledge. And um, I after was, that, we all sort of scattered and regrouped later, and it all—I think that was the first the bridge, time I've yeah. ever
0: had a, a, an alcoholic beverage with Barry Bloom. Probably scared him away <laughs> for <of the> life. <laughs> <of that>. right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what, were you guys? Uh, I know, like I was pleasantly surprised because I'm always worried, like. For example, the Jacksonville rally and then the Vegas rally, where it's free. So you never know, like, who's gonna show up. Like, right. is anybody gonna be here? And both times, I mean, especially in Vegas, the place is oh, jam packed. Yeah. And Jacksonville was good too. Did that bother you guys at all? Were you worried that maybe what if we go out there and there's nobody there? Like, here's the big revolution. And it's just crazy. I'm stuff. always, I'm always scared to death about that. <laughs> I'm always,
3: not only that, I always, I have a line that, you know, I have the crowd say yes with me. And every time I do it, I always tell Sky, right before I say it, I go crickets. Because I'm always afraid that I'm going to put the microphone and there's going to be nothing. nothing just and the they always blowing. say it, but that's just, I don't know, it's my <laughs> weird wrestler brother insecurity. But yeah, with, uh, with Jacksonville, I figured because it was the first, there would be people to show up just because they're curious what's going to happen. Vegas, I didn't know. Uh, mm. Vegas isn't necessarily a wrestling town. It's right. an entertainment town. It's not a wrestling town. When we got there and just saw the setup and saw what like Keith Mitchell and company had done, and then peeking my head out and I was like, "Wow, people are there. People are wearing AEW stuff. Uh, they're ready to party." I was but, like, "This is cool. This is cool. This is more of that groundswell." There's- and one of
1: the things to think about too is like both of those things, you there weren't going to be wrestling matches. It's basically like, "Hey, everybody, come right. watch guys cut promos." Right. Maybe we're not even sure. Right? You know what I mean? Right? And, and to think that we can announce, "Hey," We're going to put up a podium. Some folks are going to say some stuff. And we still got this many people to come out.
0: That is another That's
2: sign point.
1: That this is going to do pretty well, I think.
0: That's a good point. I yeah. remember I, I went to WrestleMania too on closed circuit. Okay. <laughs> go, there's an old school thing. And I went with my friend, the gouge, and we went and watched wrestling on a big you know, monitor in the middle of the arena. And he's like, they're not even going to have one match? Like, really? We're just watching TV in the arena? I don't get it. And I was like... Yeah, like they could have at least put a ring up and had some kind of local match. Right, right. And we could have done that too, but I never even thought about that. We didn't even give them that. Right, so yeah. We gave
3: exactly. them nothing. And, pe- and people were thrilled to be there. People mm. were, the excitement level, you would have thought there was a show. I know, it was great. Cr- it was The atmosphere was like electric. It was crazy. I think it's because
2: everyone feels that they're a part of something special. They right. know. They mm-hmm. know this is something new. They know this is something different. And they know it's special. And they just want to be a part of it. They don't even need matches. But when, when, when you're
0: talking about uh, uh, Double or Nothing, you guys have a huge match. It's with the O W E guys, right, right. who are which is the Oriental Wrestling Entertainment. Entertainment. Yeah, yeah. We, we can say Oriental. I that's that the, was, the name yeah. of the. That's the name of the company. <laughs> yeah, right. Company, yeah. You can't say unless you're actually from there. In which case, Oriental's not a big deal. Yeah, you can't describe
3: a human being as. That's that's very old school. Oh, the Oriental fellow. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. No, that's he's not a rug or a lamp. Like you cannot describe him (laughs) as that. You know,
0: that's that's gone away. But when uh, when that name was announced um, in Jacksonville, I'd never heard of them before. I knew Shima, 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 Shima. But then going to watch these guys, and oh my gosh, it's Cirque du Soleil in the ring. It's incredible. So do you feel? because I was thinking man maybe it's better to debut them against each other but to debut them against you guys it puts them at a different level but that's a lot your work is cut out for you now
1: yeah and and part of it too like there are there are two different types of wrestlers coming out of that crew one of them one type is shima and his trainees who are the guys that will be wrestling because they've been you know they're japanese and they've been wrestling our style for a long time. And then there are the actual guys that got trained in China oh, gotcha. and those guys that are doing the Kung Fu, the Shaolin temple style stuff. But yeah, at, at some point though, those guys are going to have to break in and get mixed mm, in with sure. the talent pool. And that's going to be very interesting because like you said, watching that video of what they have done in, with each other and the style that they're doing, it's a completely different thing. And I think that um, it's going to be one of the things that sets Odo, um AEW, apart from what else is going on in the United States as far as pro wrestling,
0: it's a great idea, and it's it's amazing to me how the concept of high flying has evolved. Mm-hmm. You know, from over I remember like when I started, I started doing a moonsault in '92, and it was like, oh my gosh, a moonsault! And right, oh, right. look at this, a moonsault. Now it's like you do three of them like in <laughs> right. three seconds, and it's just like big deal. <laughs> but just to see how that's evolved, and I always think like how how can these guys, how can somebody invent something mm-hmm. new? Like it must have all been done before, but lo and behold, here come these cats, and it's like I've never seen anything like it before.
3: Yeah, it's like right. Ma- it's like Matrix, legitimately like kung fu movie stuff. It's mm. it's insane, like the old school kung fu theater stuff. Right, a like guy's flying through the air doing incredibly acrobatic stuff and kicks and strikes. And, it's and one of the
1: one of the benefits to them is having someone like Shima, who is trained by Ultimo Dragon. Mm-hmm. He's going to bring uh, the pro wrestling sensibility to these guys that don't know pro wrestling, but they do know. Kung Fu and Shaolin temple style acrobatics and, and, and fighting. And they're going to meld it all together into like a new product. And we're going to be able to show that to the wrestling world at double or nothing and going forward.
0: Such a great idea. Such a great idea. When you guys mentioned that you traveled together and you have been up and down the roads, you guys ever have any adventures like in the cars, any, anything going on? Um, Do we (laughs) tell them about the Super Bowl and the, the tirade from my
3: friend? On the right,
0: <laughs> what tirade? Wait a minute, that's the, <laughs> the SCU per bowl. The SCU per
3: bowl. Yeah. My tirade. You got to be more specific. Well, I will. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> Wait a minute.
1: Um, one of us, and and you can guess, Chris. It's either the young fashion plate, the old comic book nerd, or the rock and roll bass player. Right. Someone took offense to the halftime oh. show at oh, the Super Bowl. Too. Oh, and so anyway, we uh, <laughs> we had all converged back at the house after the Super Bowl. And the three of us were in the car driving back to our own hotel, dead quiet. And all of a sudden, Frankie Zarian piped up at the top of his lungs how much he disapproved of the Super Bowl <laughs> and the, the Super Bowl's halftime show and the music thereof. So,
3: I may or may have not had a few beverages and uh, <laughs> didn't remember that until you just started talking the about The investigation
1: that. is still underway as to because whether or not alcohol was a part of it. When you this. said
3: that, I was also ranting on our lift back. Back to uh, <laughs> Cody's house. Oh right! And with a bunch of other, uh, with a bunch of other of my friends in the car, mm-hmm. I was I was also ranting. <laughs> that I I don't know what prompted that one. No, because as as you do with friends,
1: sometimes there's a silence. There's right. just quiet in the car, and nobody needs to say anything. And literally, all of a sudden, he punches my dashboard as hard as humanly possible because <laughs> I'm driving. Punches the dashboard, and he goes, rah, 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 and just starts swearing at the top of his lungs. He's like, that rotten,
0: stinking. <laughs> just to pop the boys. It was just to oh, bring yeah. up I morale. Mean, sure it was just said. to bring up morale. Just
1: to just to get the energy back up in the car. <laughs> hey, yeah, man, I was you
0: not happy with the Super Bowl. I, uh, I,
3: I, I knew the Super Bowl. Look, and I'm a rock and roll guy, and I'm one of those. Uh, we've talked about this. I'm going to defend rock and roll and hard rock and metal. And I know the Super Bowl is never going to be the place for Metallica to
0: play. But or, why not? They play Metallica songs. Because I, I asked Lars that. Right. Have you ever been asked? <laughs> And he said there were some discussions years ago, but never been. They did the to. closest they got was when the Bulls in San Fran. They did
3: the night before Metallica right, played right. that. But it's like they play Metallica songs between every play. Metallica, right. Ozzy Osbourne, Pantera. Mm-hmm. Those the, those three artists get more love during games. Then Maroon Five exactly right. represent. Right. Right. You know what? That's but but those bands are still. It's rock. It's metal. It's not safe bubblegum sanitized pop. See now I'm gonna go off on a rant. Exactly. That, yeah and yeah. You yeah see exactly. How's your chance. Yeah, so I wasn't a fan and. Uh, yeah, there's even video of me, you know, uh, maybe making a hand gesture at the uh, at the <laughs> field. Uh, it, it was all in good fun, though. It was all, it was all, it was all in good yeah, fun. Yeah, I mean, though. in the
1: end, in the end, we got to go to a Super Bowl.
3: I mean, I mean how it cool was that? You me oh, it was a awesome. year ago
0: if I'd ever go to a Super Bowl and watch Rams my team and
3: watch my team play yeah. poorly. Yeah. You guys
0: are all Rams fans. Yeah, that was not a good game. No, I'm not a, a I'm, I'm a
3: diehard Rams fan. And uh,
0: oh really? Oh yeah, yeah, been, yeah. He's a definite. A t-
3: he was a yeah. full on. Yeah, I'm Rams a big football fan, and so that was it was. It was cool going to a Super Bowl and my first Super Bowl and seeing my favorite team play. Uh I was a little stressed going in. I was like, I almost wish it was a team I wasn't invested in so right. I could literally just have yeah, a good yeah. time instead of sitting there on pins and needles. And being pissed off. Right, right. Well, I mean, come third quarter, the game was pretty boring. Yeah. Yeah. So even yeah. the most hardcore fan was like, Ugh, come on. And then I just see in the the uh you know, the poor performance of the Rams and the pass didn't play that great either. But uh, so I'm, I'm glad I had my friend Jack there to help me yeah. uh, enjoy the game a little bit. Actually, he's a cousin.
0: Doesn't he have the same last name as Jack Zarian. Yeah, he does. I got to tell the story. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> we were at the Jack, uh, Jacksonville Rally, and uh, and I, uh, I can't remember what the hell was going on. I had to get out of my room for a bit, so I went downstairs, and I was just killing time. So I just went I went to the bathroom, to the stall, and I'm in there, and the door slams open, and these voices come in, and it's like, all right, score." <laughs> Tequila Sky and Jack Kazarian open for business. Yeah, boy. And it was you and uh, Scorpio here just uh, having a good old time. I didn't know what to say. I felt like I was in a horror movie and the killer comes into the bathroom. I didn't want to like go, hey guys, I'm in the stall. But like, it's almost like creepy. So I just sat there. Please don't talk about me. Please don't talk about me. Hey, Tequila, what do you think Jericho (laughs) guy? Start burying. And what's funny, and you
3: told us that, you told us that in Vegas and we laughed about it and then we had walked away and we literally were walking back and we're like, Dude, do you even remotely remember <laughs> going into a bathroom and proclaiming ourselves Jack Kazarian and Tequila yeah. Sky and talking? And he's Free like, "I <laughs> no? yeah. there's
2: nobody there." I had no idea because when we were at the the whiskey bar or whatever it was, and I walked away. This is in Vegas, and I'm going to the restroom, and I see I see Chris, and I, I think you're on a, a machine or something, and I'm like, "Hey!" And you're like Tequila Sky, and I'm like.
0: How does he know? <laughs> How does he
1: know? <laughs> Pink Lemonade Rehab Daniels wasn't to be found anywhere in the room. I don't know where he was. Well, you'd think moment, the obvious
0: so. name would be, be Jack, Jack Daniels. Daniels
1: but, right? they there not something yeah. else. Not
0: yeah, right. yes. uh, was, was the Super Bowl a connection from our boss? Yes.
1: Yes, it the was. The best
0: part was that uh, Matt and Nick were like, uh, I was like, you guys at the Super Bowl? Yeah, it's our first game ever. And I thought they meant first Super Bowl ever. Oh, no. And then we noticed our first NFL first all, game, I'm like, yeah, Gallows Gall- is
2: right. You guys are Mormons, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, those guys are probably Mormons, I think. <laughs> I'd never been to an NFL game either. Really? Actually, yeah. It was my first time. Wow. Yeah, I, I hadn't
3: been in years. Just ever since every team left L.A. I went to a couple of mm-hmm. Charger games, but that was when they were in San Diego. So it had been a while.
0: But that's that's the cool thing, because we, I went to a Vikings game with my wife as well. And we got field passes. It was in the awesome. Minneapolis, whatever it's called, Superdome or whatever. And it's one of those things where, like, this is pretty cool, like a, a kind of a, a, a perk from the fact that our boss, you know, and his family owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right, yeah. right. And, and that gives that gives our company a lot of street cred right yeah. off the bat. Absolutely. PC, you know, yeah. who owns it? Oh, the guys who own the Jacksonville Jaguars. Khan? Shade Khan and Tony Khan? Yep. Yeah, I just did a Rich Eisen show today, and they're like, "Really? They own the company?" Yep. So that's I think that helps us as well, because as you know, WWE still is the brand name of wrestling. It's like Coca Cola or sure. mm-hmm. Band Aid or Kleenex or whatever the, those those lines are. So, what do you guys think is the future for AEW? The near future, obviously, we have one show booked. We sold it out in four minutes. Pat ourselves in the back, and let's move on to the next thing.
1: Well, I I feel like the next step has to be some sort of schedule in terms of either touring or television, mm-hmm. and um, I, I think it's just a matter of like finalizing some sort of deal with a television station or a series of events that, such as Double or Nothing. Mm-hmm. Like it just depends on how frequent we're looking to do that, and um, and then how far we're willing to sort of spread this reach. Mm-hmm. I feel like. If we wanted to do any state in the U.S., we'd be fine. If we wanted to do something in the U.K., we'd be fine because right now wrestling has got popularity all over the world, you know, and so it really is just a matter of well, where do you want to go. It's so. a, there's,
0: there's such a buzz about AEW. It's like you could almost just do a whole year of like one big show a month. Just right. uh, You could. Yeah. And sell out. I mean, I don't know if it would be like from a financial standpoint or but from a buzz standpoint, I bet you could sell out every show in like five minutes,
1: probably. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's happened twice yeah. so
0: far. The two shows
1: I, I count all in as part of sure, their own because of the guys involved. But to see that happen and to see it happen for for double or nothing, it sort of makes you take a step back and go, "How how many times can we do this?" Right. And I guess the the, the answer is wait and see.
0: Right. So because there's there's all the the kind of the naysayers that are almost demeaning the fact that we sold so many tickets in four minutes and making excuses of, well, it's only one show, or, well, this, that, and other thing, instead of just sitting back and and going, like, I can't believe that this is happening. And the first time we don't sell out a show, whenever that may be... Sure. Oh, they're just slipping. Ah! The sky is falling! Yep. Yep. It's over! Because that's just how fans and critics tend to be. Right. Right. So, you know, to think that we can keep this going, and then when we start the regular schedule, then we kind of get back into the reality of, of the business. Sure. Of, of the weekly you know. Have, have you, you mentioned with Ring of Honor you were doing some creative and stuff. Were you involved in the writing of the TV, Chris? Of, of Ring, Ring, of, Ring Honor? of Honor? Yeah, yes. I was there when they
1: were putting it all together and um, like I had an opinion. I wasn't like the, the the final say on a lot of stuff but I would pitch ideas for TV and pitch ideas for, for the live events and um the like, for example, the the storyline that ended 2018 for myself and Frankie and Scorpio. The idea that we had one year left, like that was all an idea that Frankie and I had discussed in the car, and we pitched it to to Ring of I pitched it to Ring of Honor, and they they allowed us to go forward with it. So like at the beginning of 2018, Joe Coff had said, you know, at the end of 2018, your contracts expire, you guys are done, and so we had the the storyline throughout the year of us trying to get titles so that we'd have some sort of leverage to try and re-get contracts. And, um, you know, and the, the, at the end of the year, these gentlemen had contracts because they had been world tag team champions, but I didn't get a contract and I, I lost at final battle. Like all of that was stuff that I had pitched and, and sort of, I gave the idea. And then with Hunter and the other guys that were involved with the creative, we sort of kicked our ideas around, like, who should I wrestle? who, how close do we get to titles? How close do we get to actually winning a contract before the end of the year and that sort of thing?
0: So, it's interesting that you could do an angle like that because a lot of companies wouldn't let you. When you're leaving, you don't get to do an angle talking about you're going to be leaving. Well,
1: when we when we started, this was way before any idea of, of AEW was mm-hmm. going around. So, I mean, for like 10 and a half months of that, there was no possibility that we'd go anywhere else. So, like, when we pitched this idea... The original idea, honestly, the original idea when I pitched it was that I might, it might be my transition out of the ring. Like the idea was going to be, in in my head, January 2018, my idea was going to be Frankie and Sky were still going to be there. And I was going to leave because I didn't win a contract or I didn't get my Mm -hmm. contract renewed. And then I would return as the matchmaker or the GM or whatever the authority figure was going to be. Because I thought, oh, well... You know, by that time I'll be forty nine, and so forty nine is a good number. Forty nine is a good number to sort of transition out of the ring. Except now I'm a month away from being forty nine, and I realize, well, I don't want to get out of the ring
0: yet. So. It's changed, hasn't? It? Yeah, yeah, still, doing, <laughs> you could still doing, still go. Doing <laughs> Arabian press moonsaults to
3: the floor and doing well, thirty five minute matches. So but then, that's the thing. Like before, yeah, two thousand
0: sixteen, when I did the thing with Kevin Owens and and kind of the buzz that happened with that, leading to Japan, leading to here. I remember two thousand fifteen. I think I just did house shows, and I was like, oh. I think this is time to just start maybe winding down. Sure. And, and then the sixteen came, and it was like so good and so new again, leading to Japan, leading to here. It's like there's no reason to even think about it. Right. Like you said, you can still go, you can still work, and it gives you the creative passion back. It's like, dude, I feel like I'm twenty nine or twenty-eight or whatever, you know? It's, right. it's yeah. a whole different world. Yeah, now. and you guys you guys bring
3: what can't be taught, and that's experience. experience and that's right. what the business is sorely lacking,
0: you know. Last few questions.
2: Where did you get your name Scorpio Sky? When i first started training i had long hair and what? yeah yeah <laughs> i used to have like these it. like uh dress. you saw the picture on my instagram remember i, I had I a, remember. A, it i was like uh i looked <laughs> up, what'd you call it you said like greg's cr- chris, chris, yeah. yeah, like yeah, like, chris cross or something you yeah yeah or something like that yeah you quoted like a crisscross lyric uh so when i was training i actually had it like slicked back in a ponytail. Which is the way Too Cold Scorpio had it at the time. Oh, yeah. So, my trainer would, he'd just call me Scorpio. Uh-huh. He'd say, Hey, Scorpio, go in there and do Ford rolls. A little Scorpio Jr. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Kind of that's what it was. And it just, stu- once we got to time for me to have my first match, we could not come up with a name. I come up with something and thought, 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 couldn't come up with anything. So, all right, we'll just do Scorpio Sky and we'll change it later. And it's a we Cool just, name. We never is did. Sky your real name? Skylar is my real name. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, Very so. cool.
0: One of the uh, ideas I had for my first name was going to be Shane Skywalker. Shane Skywalker. Shane Skywalker <laughs> and Shane Douglas came out at the same time. So it was going to be Sean Skywalker, but that
2: was too close to Shawn Michaels. Sure, of course. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. There you
0: go. Shane if and Sean go was in, always big. Was if always I can go pain.
2: back in time, I would have changed it. I would have made it like... Like black swagger, something cool like that, <laughs> <laughs> right? And you could team with Jack right. Swagger. I could team with Jack, Jack Swagger, swagger right. brothers, the, like the Dudleys. Like the Dudleys, <laughs> yes, right? Uh, here's a, here's a <laughs> cool swagger that. Jack and Black. Jack and Black, <laughs> black
0: His first swagger is actually tequila. tequila.
2: It's not skyline. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. It is now. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's a brother named Tequila that we see every, <laughs> <laughs> every once in a while at the bar. Only a, only when it's dark out.
0: <laughs> only in rest restroom, public restrooms, and hotels. Right. Frankie, one of the things about the cruise I was going to ask you about is you got to play bass with Papa Buck. You're yep. in the Papa Buck band. Yeah, uh, <laughs> how did that go? It was great. Uh,
3: I I had um, going back to All In. We did Starcast the year before, and uh, Papa Buck had was booked to do a jam session. He had to fill two hours, and uh, I've I've known I've known him for a long time, and know he knew he was a musician. We talked music a lot, and he asked me to. Like nicest guy in the oh, world. Oh, sweetheart, yeah. he's a sweetheart, yeah. and he's a good, really good musician. And he asked me to play bass, and I'm like, yeah, sure. And he emailed me like 16 songs to learn. I'm like, okay, all so original I, stuff. All original, all the stuff basically that's used as background music and intro music for like the, the being the elite show. So, um, so I did that gig with him, and it was it was fun. It was just it was it was a, a party. Rehearse? He
0: just followed. We, we follow got on? we
3: actually got we got one day of rehearsal. Uh, that that whole story was kind of wacky because it was just a bunch of. Uh, just kind of a hodgepodge of musicians. Like I learned the songs. Uh, another cat from uh, Nashville knew the songs. He was in touch. Another guy from this part of the country knew the songs. We got there and there was an issue with the drummer. Uh, the drummer something happened, so we actually had to call a friend of ours who knew a, <laughs> who knew a girl, Wendy, who was a really good drummer. Shout, I sent her the songs. I'm like, hey, these are a shout out to Wendy. She was great. I sent her the songs. She learned them. Um, we got there and we rehearsed for a couple hours one day. And uh, did the show the next. And it's all, it's Papa Buck's show. It's him, you know, Tim, uh, you know he, he he when he starts feeling it, we can do songs that are uh, three minutes turn into 18-minute anthems. <laughs> right. Because he just... Alman Brother Jams. Oh, hundred yeah. oh, <laughs> percent. Everything's in a God of DeVita at that point, yeah. <laughs> the best, but
0: uh, the best part of all is, like, there's some guy on the crew who's like, it's kind of a, like, God bless him, kind of a, a nerdy guy. He's like, yeah, hey, my name's uh, uh, Al, and I, I'm playing guitar with Papa Buck. I guess... When he couldn't find a guitar player on the ship, he just put an open tweet to went to play guitar. One hundred percent. And this guy said, "I can play guitar," yep. and he was part that's, of it. That. And that's
3: how it worked. And, and then going to the cruise, and he asked me, you know, going into the cruise, he goes, "Hey, I'm booked to play some shows. Will you doing with me?" And I'm like, "Sure." Uh, logistically, when I got the cruise and got my schedule, and I'm like, "Oh." I'm wrestling at 8:30, <laughs> and your show starts at 8:45. So this should have um, planned it better. It's, that's <laughs> it, not. That your one fell fault. through the cracks. It's yeah. The second night I played with him, I, I literally was was changing into my stage <laughs> cl- and just pouring sweat. And my lip had gotten busted open in in my match against Adam Page. And I'm trying to sing backup vocals, but it it was fun. I mean, uh, people love his music because people that are really passionate fans about BTE and. But it's cool, like much like Mm -hmm. you—you grew up a rock, like a rock and metal and wrestling fan. Same, same exact same thing. So you know what's Obviously, what you've done—the success of Fozzy—you know—you've got to see it from both those sides. I, on a much much lower schedule, uh, you know, spectrum, I'm
0: seeing that. But it's just cool to kind of merge those worlds. There's nothing better than than jamming with a band. Oh god, it's awesome! It's the best. Chris, last question for you. Any chance that uh, your old friend, uh, uh, you've been in contact with Curry Man at all? Um, The last
1: I heard, he had just finished his 90 days of rehab. He's been an alcoholic for a very long time. he had been fired from that Kinko's in Morioka, Japan, that he was working at. Mm. So he may need Tough a times. job. He may need a job. Mm. Um, and I'm sure... Well, I don't know. D- does he have a phone?
3: I don't know. You don't know in the office at AEW? I do know a couple people at
1: the office. Hiring? And yeah. I had been telling them to ignore all emails right. from Curryman, but maybe I'll let one through. Who was Kenny's
0: friend, Michael Yamazawa? Yaka- yeah. Nakazawa. Maybe, Nakazawa. Right? maybe we can put out Michael Nakazawa. Can you imagine, um, see if he can Mike, find, we need you to find Curry Man's contact <laughs> info, information. <laughs> Scour the streets back. of Tokyo <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. find him. Look where all those bums always hang out in the streets. Maybe <laughs> you can find <Right>. Curry <laughs> Man there.
2: His,
0: his bowl is, is yeah. half yeah. Cracked, yeah. Yeah. Uh What's your favorite match you ever had with uh, SCU, Scorpio? Uh,
2: you know, I, my favorite match in general is always uh, all-in. Uh, unfortunately, CD was not a part of that, but he wrestled in a great match against Stephen Amell well, that, that right. night. That's right, he did, yeah. But uh, Frankie Kazarian and I against the Briscoes, uh, taking into account everything that led up to it, the environment, the crowd, everything just came together so well, and it was so much fun. So that definitely is my favorite match I've ever just
0: had. I never saw the briscos once on the cruise. Not once. Really? Weird, right? Uh, that is, yeah.
2: The boys once. are wild.
0: How about they you? are wild. Oh, yeah, we can tell. How about <laughs> you, Frankie? Uh,
3: it's e- the easy answer is that because uh, the all-in match... Um, you know, Scorpio Sky and I filmed a Rocky Three training montage leading up to that, which got a lot of really good buzz, and we yes. came out with Rocky Three inspired gear. Uh, saw that. We're both legitimate huge Rocky franchise fans, so that was super cool. Um, so that's the easy answer. In terms of the three of us, we had a really good ladder match WrestleMania weekend last year against the Young Bucks and Flip Gordon. Oh, that kind of kind of flew under the radar a little it bit did. because that weekend was so loaded with good matches, but that one. Is uh, one I'm very very proud of, and uh, the last ladder match we had uh, with Scorpio's guy and myself against the Young Bucks and the Briscoes mm. uh, in Hammerstein Ballroom in New York was very special.
1: You, Chris, um, I'm gonna the the ladder match was one of my top, but also we um, the first time that we won the Ring of Honor six man titles was a street fight in Vegas uh, where we wrestled the Young Bucks and Adam Page, mm. and that was really like the culmination of us as a heel trio. Cause it wasn't soon after that we dropped the titles. We started to get buzz as the guys you saw in BTE and it mm-hmm. slowly turned into babyface. baby face. But like at that moment I felt like we were really running on all cylinders as a, as a heel trio. And at that point too, in ring of honor, I felt like it's hard to be a heel in ring of honor, sure. but I felt like we were doing it very well. And, um, but then, you know, the tide changed and we became popular and, uh, you know from there we became what we are now which is three fun loving goofs from southern california i guess
2: <laughs> and, and you, you know um not to put you on the spot but on the last cruise scu came out and got in the ring we and did. we we challenged the Bucks of Jericho. Wow. Or is it Y2 Jackson? Or is it Y2 Jackson? <laughs> is it Y2 Jackson? We did challenge. We did, challenge. We did lay out a challenge. Well, listen, man, I paid a lot of money for
0: that gear. That was gear. the gear. That was so the gear we have yeah. to, <laughs> wanted you to give. We have <laughs> to, to get our of money for that. Yes. Side of that so. We can do that. Now we're yes. all working in the same company well, yeah. that's right, for the first time ever, or maybe yeah. a short period of time we, you were WWE. WB. But Couple, yeah. So there you go. Here yep. it is. People are always clamoring for a Chris Daniels-Jericho man. Hell yeah, that's right, man. That's right. I'm not taking it. <laughs> I know oh, you guys, he's doing a job now. So
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: awesome stuff. This is the worst podcast I've ever been a part of. Oh, right on.
2: <laughs> Thank you, dude. Thank thanks, you, man. Guys. Thanks for having us.
0: All right. SCU will be at AEW's Fight for the fall on July 14th in Jacksonville, Florida. You'll also be able to see them at All Out in Chicago on August 31st. Frankie Kazarian's band Gutter Candy just released their new single No Mercy which is a tribute to one of their favorite films The Karate Kid and of course the Cobra Kai series check it out on Apple Music or just find them on the Twitter at Gutter Candy or at Frankie Kazarian thanks to Chris and Frankie for Scorpio for being with us today and thanks to all of you who've been asking when Fozzie's going back on the road again July 12th we'll be at an incarceration with Shinedown Uh, I believe Godsmack will be there too a big festival we're also doing a few dates with Nickelback August 22nd in Uncasville connecticut august 24th atlantic city new jersey uh, at the mark g estes center Uh, there's going to be huge shows there then fozzy's unleashed in the west tour kicks off in september we're opening for iron maiden september 14th at the bank of california stadium in los angeles so we decided to book a whole tour around it we're starting september 5th in denver at the marquee theater september 6th colorado springs at the sunshine theater September 7th, Grand Junction. So These are our first shows ever in Colorado. I'm excited about that. First show ever in Salt Lake City. September 8th, Crystal Bay, Nevada. September 11th, then we go all the way through San Francisco and down through Arizona and Texas and up through Atlanta, ending off September 28th at the Masquerade in Atlanta. All ticket info at fozzyrock.com. You can also buy tickets to the VIP meet and greet we do before each show. One of the best in the business. Do a mini set for you, play some covers, play some songs you're not going to hear later on. Then we do a great meet and greet, spend some time with you, some good FaceTime. Go to FazerRock.com for all information on tickets, VIPs, all the info, all the rock and roll. And go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com for all information about the Rock and Wrestling Ranger at C Part 2. We set sail January 20th, 2020. And dude, we are almost 90% sold out. We are getting there very, very quickly, still six or seven months away. Rick Flair is going to be there. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, X-Pac, Eric Bischoff, Jake the Snake Roberts, Queen Charmel, Booker T, MVP. Brad Williams is going to be there. He's hilarious. Uh, Bruce Jingles is hilarious. Sarah, Sarah Tiana, great, great comedian. Vicky Guerrero and uh, Shaw Guerrero and Chavo Guerrero will all be there gathering of the Guerreros. Jack Slade is going to be the keeper of the ice. Red Solo Cup Jeff is going to be there just hanging out and making you laugh fozzy's playing three shows farewell to fear rubik's cube killer queen the greatest female queen cover band of the world light the torch with howard jones jared james nichols the dave spivak project kick one of my all-time favorite bands is going to be there and of course aew will be wrestling on board we're getting ready to announce all of the huge huge names that are coming on to do live wrestling for you diamond dallas page doing live yoga for you beyond the darkness scaring the crap out of you what more do you want chris jericho cruz.com all information like i said we're getting down to the last uh, 10% of cabins, so do not get left behind. It's the vacation of a lifetime, and I want to see you on there. All right, coming up on Wednesday, got a big, big shoe for you. A really big shoe is we're going to have... Uh, Stopping Grounds Preview with Jack Slade, He's going to be back, and we're going to go through the uh, uh, event that does not have a lot of buzz uh, coming up, but we're going to give it a lot of buzz. Even though we're banned by the WWE, we're still going to give you the best preview slash worst preview you're ever going to hear. So in the meantime, in between time, have a great weekend, be safe, stay hungry, stay hard, stay wet, stay cool, and we'll see you next week. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. This was the worst podcast I've ever been on.